Our scripture lesson this morning is Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 14. Pew Bible, page 287. Be careful to follow every command that I'm giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, your feet did not swell during these forty years. Know that in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce, and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron, and you dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build, find houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you know that when you open up that coat, you hear that. That's one of the most beautiful sounds in the world, you know. 
you know, pour it over ice coke, you know, ice and, and have a, a glass of coke up here. <clears throat> so, but everybody, you know, just talking about that. You guys know what a craving is? A craving. You crave something. Yeah, I know, right? Craving. Uh, do you guys use the word hankering up here? <laughs> well, where I'm from, <laughs> man, I got a hanker. I have a craving for it. And, 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 and they're in different degrees. You know, there's, there's sometimes it's like, you know what, I, I could go for some ice cream. You know, a little bit, not too much, you know, ice cream, some, a cookie or something like that. But then it gets a little stronger. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm really in the mood for whatever it may be. You know, I, I love the old school pizza rolls from Little Giardos, but everybody's got their crutch, right? We all have it. But then it can get even stronger than that. And, and for me, it's like, you know, I, I want a restaurant house burger so bad. Kids, yes, all seven of you, get dressed, get in the car, and we're going to the restaurant. And I'm paying, and I don't care how much it costs, that one burger will cost me $100. <laughs> right? There's that kind of a craving, right? Or, or hankering. But there's that kind of a craving that is that strong. But then there's one that I've never, I've experienced. I've never had, but I have experienced. I'm going to say one word, and you guys are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Pregnancy. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, you know, I, I have yet to figure out the nutritional value of Lugu Gaipan at 3 a.m. It is there, I'm sure. I have seen it. I have experienced it. But there is that level of craving. We're on beatitude number four today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, I know we talked about cravings today as far as food and all is concerned, but it can be anything. It can be a sports team. It can be money in the bank. It can be size of house. It can be power position. It can be anything. People can crave all of those things. Now, when I finish my $100 restaurant-style burger, within four hours, I am hungry again. Never fails. Right? It can be the Oreo dumped in the milk. It can be the Coke that you drink. <clears throat> but we understand that at some point you get hungry again. You're not satisfied. You're not filled. Your bank account can hit 20, 50, $350,000. It doesn't matter what the number is, but you reach that point no matter what it is that you have in your mind. And guess what? You're going to hit that point, and all of a sudden there's going to be something that's going to trigger and go, you know what? I think I can use some more. I'm not satisfied. It could be your position at work. Hey, I've reached this. I've done this. I've managed this many people. I think I can do more. This just doesn't do it for me anymore. 
you're not satisfied. We understand hunger, we understand thirst. But there's a couple words in this verse that normally most messages would be about. Hunger, thirst, satisfied, righteousness. But I'm going to pull two that are a little obscure but mean a whole lot. The word and and the word after. You see, Jesus said for a specific reason, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. He didn't just stop at hunger. Now remember, he's sitting in this arena of, well, he's sitting on a hillside, an arena of people have come around him. They've followed him there because he's done miracles. He's turned water into wine. He's done a lot of different things. And they're probably hungry. So he's going to address them where they are. I understand that you're hungry. But if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, hunger and thirst. Do you know, if you only drink water, at some point you will pass away. If you only drink water, at some point you'll pass away. And at points, it takes a little longer, but if you only eat and you don't drink water because your body is made up of so much water, guess what? You'll pass away. So, Jesus grabs two necessities of life. Hunger and thirst. That means that you need to need it and want it here and here. You have to hunger and thirst after righteousness. So the word and is super important because Jesus calls himself the bread of life, right? John chapter 6, the bread of life. He's talking to a crowd that's hungry, don't forget. But I'm the bread of life. I will fill your belly. John chapter 4, he talks about himself being the living water. So, that which you drink of, you will never thirst again. So, eating physically, yes, that's important. Drinking physically, yes, that's important. But out of our passage in Deuteronomy, at the very beginning, when, when God is talking to his, his children, the children of Israel, his kids, he's saying, look, you need to know and understand that every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is your food. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So here's Jesus speaking, and he's like, you hunger and thirst after righteousness. The word after is talking about a pursuit, a desire to come after, to chase after, to become. Hunger and thirst by pursuing righteousness. Righteousness, the character of God, who Jesus is, his identity, righteousness. It's not just about doing right things. It's about your heart pursuing 
the identity of Christ in becoming who he is. I've talked to a lot of people in my life, as I'm sure that you have as well, in a lot of counseling type situations, a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations, and I have met people who have been totally bent on pursuing God. They want to be his disciple, they want to pursue him and follow him, and they have had some tough things, tough things happen in their lives. Never has one of them ever said to me, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have been different. I wish I would have pursued other things. Never. I've also talked to a lot of people who have chased all of those other things. And at the end of their life, they have listed their regrets. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. That's a promise. You will be filled. You will be satisfied. If you don't pursue righteousness, you won't be. Now, there have been people that have said, man, I've lived a good life. Fantastic. But there's always something that they can speak on concerning the void in their life. Those who have been dedicated and sold out to pursuing God have never said that. Because there's this promise that we have in the Beatitudes that if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. You will be. Well, that's fantastic, Ian, but you know, I, I'm not there. I don't hunger and thirst after righteousness. And the reason that I can even say that or ask that question, because I've been there. I've been there. I have woken up many a days and looked at everything on my list that I wanted to do, and not one of them had to do with reading the Bible or praying or anything. I get it. There was a time I was 16, 17 years old. I went to a friend of mine's house. He lived out on the Potomac River, um, close to where the Potomac goes into the Chesapeake Bay. So the Potomac is like a mile or more wide. So me and these two guys were high school buddies of mine, and, and we played football together. And we got out on his boat, and we took off to go water skiing out in the Potomac. So we're out there early, early in the morning. We wanted to be out there for anybody else. Early in the morning, boat breaks down. Early in the morning. We were out there until the sun was about to go down. And during that time, they're like, hey, Ian, here's, here's the anchor. Tie it off and pitch the anchor over the side. I'm like, okay, got this. So I tie it off and pitch it over the side. About two hours where, now you got to remember, there's high school guys out on this boat, right? And so people are going past us in their boats. And we're like, hey! They're like, hey! They go right past us. I can't tell you how many boats went past us because they thought we were just lunatics. Partly had to do with maybe we were shooting the flares off too, but we were really were trying to get their attention. So about two hours after pitching this anchor over the side, we realized that we had drifted past a lot of land. 
And they're like, man, I guess that anchor hadn't caught. And I'm like, I guess not. Better check it. There's no rope. I had pitched that anchor right over, had done a horrible knot, and it is on the bottom of the Potomac somewhere. But that boat was just, it was horrible. It's just like one thing after another, but you know, don't ever take me out on your boat. So, so this boat's floating past the float past. Finally, the, you know, the, the sun's going down. We are starving. And this older gentleman comes by, and he even tells us, look, I'm going to take a chance. I, he said, I'm taking a chance and stopping and helping you guys. I'm like, we really need some, really need some help. Well, sure enough, he hooked us up and we got towed in. Man, I was starving to this day. The first thing I ate, and I still can feel it right here, was salt and vinegar potato chips. 33 years ago, I will get a craving for salt and vinegar potato chips. They saved my life. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, you get like, it saved my life. I love them. And I love them for it. <laughs> but it's the experience of not having and then experiencing it in a tough time that introduced me to craving something. You understand what I'm saying? So then I had this, as I grew and as was growing spiritually and as, as the Lord was moving and shaping me in my life, I wondered and I began to wonder, why don't I crave time with God? Why don't I crave that relationship? And so I asked a lot of people, talked to a lot of people about it. And they're like, well, you need to start reading your Bible. Okay. So I started reading my Bible. You need to start praying. So I started praying. At that point, you know, it was just more like a, quite honestly, a hospital list of, okay, well, this person's sick and this is needed and this is, you know, those kind of things. And so I was praying. But just, I really wasn't getting this connection. And one day it dawned on me. Out of James, James writes, you have not because you ask not. And, I mean, and I'm like, you mean to tell me that I can ask God for a desire to know him? And the answer is yes. You ask not because you have not. So if you're in that situation of going, so I don't crave Righteousness. I don't crave this relationship with God. How, what do I do about that, Ian? Ask. Ask for that desire. Ask for that desire. One of the greatest joys of my heart about being a dad is when my children ask to spend time with me. I will stop the world. I will stop the world to spend time with them. What good and loving father wouldn't? So for me to want to get to know God even more, or to even have a desire to know him, why not ask him? Because he, he will answer 
Because that request is his heart for you. That request is his heart for you. So I can tell you, if you pray and ask for that, you will get it. You will. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to question. You will. Because, see, the reason that you will is because God backs it up, has already backed it up with a promise. Because if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, then you will be filled. Promise. Done deal. All you need to do is ask. You see, you, at times we think we have to manufacture or become this person that desires righteousness or holiness or a relationship with God before we can step into his arena or his area to have a relationship. And that's not at all it. You see, if you feel like you're outside, what God is saying, just ask me. Ask me and I will open up the doors for you to come in. And you know what? I will meet you there or I'm already beside you just waiting. So to hunger and thirst after righteousness is just that. It's, it's to on this physical level grab a hold of the cravings that we have and the things that we can laugh about and joke about and how much a, a hamburger costs me when I go out to eat with my family. We can laugh about all those things and joke about all those things, but the reality is, is that there is a real hunger that we have physically and on the same plane we have spiritual desires, hunger, thirst. You see, every once in a while we'll get these quick thoughts that will flash through our heads. Man, I should pray more. I should go to church. I should read my Bible. I should. And it, those thoughts are directing us towards this relationship. And I can tell you, it's not the devil whispering in your ear. But that is the Holy Spirit of God drawing you into that relationship. He is helping you crave. He is teaching you to hunger and thirst after him. So when those thoughts come across your mind, act on them. Act on them. Because you're in the process of stepping into a promise that will be completed and filled in your life. Because when it's all said and done, by pursuing righteousness, you will be filled. You will. God is not a liar. But he is a very, very good father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, dear God, we are thankful for the time of being with you. And God, I thank you so much for being among us, being here with us. Father, we thank you for your love. God, I thank you for being a good dad, a loving father that would stop the world to spend time with his kids. God, I thank you for this promise that you've given us. And God, I pray, I pray that we act on it and enjoy the fruits of it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would please take your